Welcome to the latest FT Advisor In Focus podcast with me, Simni Kuriaku, Senior Editor of FT Advisor. As we head into a new year, with all the change and challenges and opportunities that 2022 will bring, we still face hangovers, not just from Christmas, but from the past two years. The pandemic is still ongoing. Variants are still being discovered. Travel plans are changing all the time. The UK and indeed most countries around the world have moved to hybrid working. Meanwhile, advised clients have moved house, saved money, lost money, taken out protection plans, reassessed their retirement goals, and now many may feel that they are at a crossroads. Where do they go from here? What new plans will they have to make in 2022? Guiding them on their journey are trusted professionals whose own working models have changed over the past two years. Can technology truly be the advisor's friend? Have cash flow models truly come to their own? Here to discuss these things and more are Tim Morris, IFA with Russell & Company, and Chris Jones, Proposition Director for Dynamic Planner. Thank you, Tim and Chris, for agreeing to be my guests in this podcast. Thank you, Simony. Yeah, pleasure, Simony. Excellent. Um, Tim, can I start with you, please? How confused or concerned did you find clients to be during 2020 and 2021? Uh, did the pandemic derail or change their plans? Yeah, I'd say definitely. Uh, so more so with some clients. And um, yeah, it was definitely a mix going from the clients who obviously were, were very worried by what was happening. Well, I think everybody was worried in terms of um, the health side of things, especially. Um, but more so, you know, when it comes to the finance, uh, financial side, the finances, um, some clients, you know, have been badly impacted by it. Um, others, not so much. So, again, there's, there's a range there. Um, but at, at the end, where perhaps there's been more of an impact is those who've actually decided to make the decision to, you know, life changes decision to retire earlier than they originally planned. And, um, you know, that's that's where the benefit of financial advice comes in because it really helps them see you know that they can afford to retire sooner and um and so yeah that's been something which actually a positive has, has come from um although yeah back in the time in 2020 march 2020 it felt like the world was caving in um, to an extent but um but yeah actually they've, they've come out of it uh, pretty well absolutely tim and uh chris um coming from dynamic planners point of view obviously talking to all your advisors um do you do you get the sense that uh, clients are at a crossroads as we go into 2022? It seems that way. The um, obviously all, all we can uh, talk talk to is the, the uh, what people like Tim tell us are on a large scale, and also the data. Um, and I think when it, when the, the um, uh, COVID happened, we saw that consumers were um, actually quite reassured by the advice that they were given on the investment markets. They could see we didn't see any changes in in clients' risk profiles on a selected basis. We saw that the clients who had been, had their expectations managed and had a proper conversation about you know, that bad things could happen were were, were, were quite, quite reassured. And I think what um, we saw advisors doing more of was actually becoming um, sort, of, um, you know, sort of giving pastoral care. And actually we heard lots of stories from advisors going out and helping people who couldn't get to the shops and and that kind of thing and, and actually being there more as a, as a council i think it was the fundamentals the mathematics behind this and and, and the markets i think were that the clients were well prepared for it and it really brought home the importance of the human side of what, what advisors do and we saw that um advisors were embracing that um opportunity or, or duty depending how you look at it um and, and actually spending 
um, you know, being able to spend more time with their clients, funny enough, because obviously the, the hybrid digital allowed them to have more efficient conversations with more people rather than you know, stuck in traffic on the um, M25. And Chris, do you think that kind of pastoral care is going to continue um, into the, this new year? Or, or do you think it's going to continue for the next five years? Or are we going to sort of move away from that eventually? Yeah, I'm looking, looking at, at Timmy. He looks wonderfully young. Um, but, uh, you know, they are obviously um, you know, advisors of you know, old, my age and, and older. And I think it's always been there. I think it's always been something in, in, in the background. Um, you know, it's, it's a people business and advisors, you know, to contact sport and advisors really do care about their, their clients. And I think that's something that's often often lost in the media. Um, but I think it's what is it's bringing it to, to, to the fore. Perhaps we've gone through a phase where, you know, everyone wanted to be a wealth manager or, you know, uh, markets were going up and, you know, uh, you could want to demonstrate your value of excess returns. But really, the actual real value that was felt by the consumer was the things that the advisor was doing that wasn't that. Um, and I think you know, I think it has helped help people realise that both the advisor and the the consumer, but also the nature of of the world going forward. It's it's a necessity that you remind yourself of of that part of the role. Well, well Tim, I mean, you've just now been described as wonderfully young. <laughs> Must be a flattering camera. <laughs> yeah, but... Thank you, Neil. New Year, new goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a funny one because, um, you know, when Chris was saying about advisors helping out to more elderly clients, I, I haven't got that many um, sort of elderly clients who who really needed assistance. But um, but yeah, I did hear of some who you know have sort of really gone that extra mile. Some advisors gone that extra mile in that respect. Um, but yeah, being there to support them in in whichever way is key. Um, and that was something which I think as financial advisors, because we have a good relationship with our clients um, and tend to build that up over a number of years, then I think they really do value our opinion and and the fact that. Yeah, we're looking after their money again. You know, is one thing as I say, um, but it's it's all about helping them with their their sort of lifestyle outside of you know outside of that as well. And so I think for me, um, it came down to the fact that you know you can say to a client, well, yeah, I'm here if you need me, and um, and also communicating with them because a lot of clients weren't necessarily coming to me and asking me questions and say the ones who were a bit more panicked were and you know which ones those are going to be because yeah they're the ones who get spooked you know I haven't got that many clients like that but they'll get spooked at you know the, the slightest sort of drop in the market or not slightest but you know when, when there's any kind of event going on and, but that's what it is it's about communicating to them you know not just those clients but all of them about what's happening you know what the potential impact could be and you know none of us knew what that would look like at the time and I think we're still trying to get a feel for you know how the world looks post pandemic and yeah you know how different it will be and so yeah it's helping clients with that adjustment. Yeah exactly and when it comes to that that adjustment um, are advisors in your experience having to do new things or think of new ways to to do that communication or to do those reviews or to suggest new ways for clients to um, allocate the money or you know have you had to do many big changes like that well I think Chris then made a good point again in terms of um, you know the, when it comes to the investment side um, it was a case of just carry on as normal um, you know the the client most risk profiles of clients haven't changed that much some have taken on a bit more risk um, again there's a few who wanted to shift to cash and it's trying to you know help them understand why that's not going to benefit them because you know they think they can get back in the market at a good time but actually 
things jump back up that quickly, which was, you know, helped things, you know, on that matter. But um, in that respect, yeah, you know, they, they would have missed out if they'd have come out of the market. And well, so, yeah, it's trying to coach yeah. against those those kind of behaviours. And um, and that's where that, that regular contact comes in. And as Chris said as well, the, the whole fact that, you know, we can easily touch base with them virtually, um, you know, not quite the same as meeting in person, but better than, I think, a phone call because, yeah, you get to read their body language and facial expressions at least, um, yeah, similar to how you would meeting in person. So that that is a massive benefit and um, I think really helps reassure clients more than perhaps just a quick phone call sometimes. Yeah. I think you, you've sort of hit a nail on the head there, Tim, because um, when we had the, um, the, the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, we weren't really able to, as a whole financial advisor industry, to to show clients virtually how their um, investments were doing. We weren't able to show cash flow modeling. We weren't able to share screens in the way exactly. that we now. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Chris, uh, I know you you guys are massive proponents of cash flow modeling. I mean, how important do you think that has been this time round when it comes to sort of sitting down with a client virtually and, and showing them, well, this is the immediate impact, but this is where you're on track. And if you change your goals, this is how it's going to going to look. I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's vital. I think it's, it's just the beginning of people seeing the, the importance and the amount, amount of use to be done. I think we've obviously went through a sort of post 2015 uh, risk of ruin use of cash flow, which is fundamentally done just for the compliance department. I doubt any, any client uh, ever, ever saw it. Um, but in, in many cases, but I think the, um, there's two two points one is it just is the message that it's the one piece of uh, uh, material that is clearly aimed at the client it's about the client's goals and aspirations and rather than talking about the fund or the product or the, the charges that you've saved or the features that's all about something else that's all about your industry which is not really very interesting to anyone apart from us <laughs> whereas actually as soon as you you start talking about the person themselves everyone wants you know everyone wants to hear about themselves don't they you know, it's still the more it's the opportunity the fact that you're fundamentally whilst using the cash flow is talking to them about their lives is it, 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 a massive step and the other one is and you go right to go back to 2008 is of course you can go back and do a graph and you can do it in our software and do it on, on google it shows a massive crash but of course most clients were diversified and and, and they, um, you know, they, they if they, their diversified portfolio wouldn't have fallen as bad as it said on the telly, but they were worried about they haven't seen it fall as bad as it was on the telly. And then also the impact on on, on their long term savings is, you know, it, it's just man gets gets managed out. And you know, obviously we've had better real returns since than than, than we had um, uh, before. So again, taking the the person away from the moment and the noise and you know, everybody from, you know, this morning through to Bloomberg will be talking about the investment markets and scaring the life out of our clients. But just the concept that it's like, hey, right, your markets have fall. Yes, I've managed to diversify you, so you haven't fallen as much. And actually, you're still going to be able to have a lifestyle that you want when you retire. It might be you just have one less Sunday dinner a year. It's not, it's immaterial because obviously the way, way, way it moves out. It's just taking the, the focus away from the moment and onto the purpose, which is obviously, you know, future uh, future spending. And that's that visualization that is sort of like that picture tells a thousand words, doesn't it, Tim? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, do you use a lot of cash flow modeling with with your clients or yeah so especially more so for retired clients and um or you know clients coming up to retirement um as well and so yeah it's it's helping build that picture in terms of how their finances will look and um but also yeah not just again the finances but you know in terms of certain life events so if they're saying yeah you know we can be things you know as mundane as yeah i'm going to replace my car although for some clients the car's very important to them and they like nice cars and want to make sure they can keep buying them um, during retirement and so um yeah but um i haven't got many clients wanting to buy yachts but uh, you never know <laughs> apparently that, that's one of the, <laughs> the things that pops up uh, from time to time um so um but yeah you know there's other things um such as you know th- there might be more money coming along if they're planning to downsize the house and so you know it's how that can work in terms of then the you know estate planning and gifting side of things because yeah quite often a lot of the clients nowadays want to gift money to to their children um you know in terms of lifetime gifts not just say well yeah they can wait and here we go when i'm dead they get whatever um so yeah it does really help in terms of planning out their journey if you like and um yeah helping those larger events and yeah if they want to splash a bit of money have a really nice celebration for their you know 70th or whenever that is then they know that they can afford to do that and that's that's really you know giving that confidence and again of of massive value for most clients absolutely and you talk about clients making a wish list well we've all made wish lists for 2022 but uh, can't say i always fulfill my wish lists at the beginning of each year but um when it comes to looking ahead for this year, what sort of questions have clients been asking? Are they concerned perhaps about what this year might bring? What sort of uh, questions have they been bringing to you? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a lot of them have, have been postponed, like, you know, all of our plans. And um, so, you know, mentioned about um, a client's 70th. Yeah, he's had to put that off now for a couple of years. And um, there's the Ruby wedding anniversary next year. So they're really hoping that you know, things will be more on track and they can have a really big year. And um, and that is reflected in his spending because, you know, the first year retired, he had a, a massive splurge, which again, you know, does tend to happen. Um, but you often hear about this sort of bell curve impact, but uh, he went a little bit crazy uh, right at the start. So <laughs> I was thinking, I hope we don't go too far up from here, but uh, he did calm down a bit, but COVID came along and he had no choice. And uh, yeah, <laughs> even the wife got reined in a bit with her shopping habits. So <laughs> she couldn't... Uh, Lockdown eBay is not a not good option. <laughs> no. I don't know how you managed to get that client's wife to rein the spending in, but after can you speak to my wife? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he did it, so I'll have to have a word with him and let you know. Okay. I'll come back to you. Cheers. It's all essential, Chris. I, as speaking as a woman, I can assure you, all the spending is essential. <laughs> yeah. You should find lads if you do not buy the things you need. That later on you say, "Oh, I needed this thing. I need this shirt. I need that pair of cufflinks." Your wife has yeah. bought them. Yeah, although she does like to go down Sloane Square. I don't know how essential these stores are <laughs> around there. But... Guys, that's a little bit of a... <laughs> For anyone <laughs> thinking about getting married, happy life, happy life. Trust me on this. Yes. <laughs> uh, about the sort of changes in, in spending, um, Chris, can I come to you? What uh, other sort of changes or challenges can you see on the horizon in 2022? Um, perhaps do you think we'll have a, a bigger shift towards investing along ESG lines or maybe a heightened interest in new areas such as crypto? You know, we're, we're hearing obviously a lot about that. And what sort of challenges and changes might this bring to advisors and providers? Yeah, so just answering the last bit first, I think we've always had 
the the, the latest thing out there and um whether it was sort of dot com in the 1990s or or, or whatever but um the, the the key thing that we actually do on our side or indeed on the advisor side is actually to bring the public back to a sensible normal so if say for example all of a sudden you can see that you can make loads of money on bitcoin you know you need to bring the client away from that and back into sort of normalized investing if in a period of time when everyone's panicking and they're just running into cash you need to bring them back into the middle the fundamental of the job is just to stop people going off in a reactionary extreme based on something like you know uh, uh, uh bitcoin um uh, uh, coverage um you know i don't really want to get into what's fundamental nil some game i mean you could bet on the horses and get a nil some game if you want i mean it's just it's just nuts so good luck with that um but the um uh but the the, the um the, the other thing i think which is quite interesting over the last well if you think about since 2008 what we've had is obviously falling interest rates and and gilts going up and we've had large cap doing really, really well so what's happened is is that it didn't really matter where you invested because all the indices were going up all the markets were going up and everything was the same. I think what we saw in the pandemic is obviously sort of a normalised free market economy was fundamentally changed and it's been changed in, in ways that we haven't really seen play out yet. You know, the consequences of, you know, greater checks at shipping or whatever, you just, you know, it's yet to f- f- fully play out. So what, what we saw was um, uh, different um, sectors or different companies doing better or worse because of how they were positioned or how they reacted to to a disturbance in the in the global economy, which was 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 a pandemic. And I think it will certainly mean that there's an increase in uh, um, active performance. Um, uh, it happened also to come along with the um, uh, the ESG and the uh, the UN uh, measures. So what you found was something that was being ESG would have not been in airlines, would have not been in oil, and therefore performed perform well. But it wasn't actually the reason. The reason might have been, you know, were you prepared for, for, for a pandemic or not? Would have probably been the better way of investing had you known in hindsight. Yeah. But, but I think what, what it does, it just called into much more focus the fact that you need to be looking at the underlying instruments. You know, you, need, you, you can no longer say, okay, UK equity does this or US equity does that or bonds do this or bonds do that. You've, you've actually got to look un, un, under the bonnet for a number of reasons. And obviously, ESG is one of the reasons that you'd look under the bonnet. But you, it's, you're going to see you know, companies thriving or, or surviving or struggling, depending on where they are, what they actually do, where they're positioned. So, you know, the importance of not no longer just sort of assuming that all things are the same. Yeah, and we've definitely seen this as well with uh, the, the um, dividend shift. You know, it's sort of becoming harder to hunt for income. There are more taxes on dividends um, brought in. Mm. So that kind of, I can always rely on the big oil giants or the big insurance companies to pay out dividends. Can't always be there because what happens if you have to suddenly become, uh, put loads of money and invest loads of money into um, infrastructure instead of oil giants? What happens if you then have to do more projects that do carbon offsetting or you can't pay out dividends or the pandemic gets worse goodness forbid you know and then again we have the fca and the bank of england saying guys you've got to stop paying dividends and concentrate on value for customers you know we we can't sort of these old sort of mantras that we always used to just rely on i I guess uh, no longer exist i don't don't know if that's sort of been affecting your clients tim or is that something that you, you talk about with them yeah, I mean, I don't think um, it's a case of having to rip up the rule books in that respect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't have many clients reliant on um, sort of natural income. 
Um, so, you know, when we're looking for dividend um, producing investments, it's not a, well, we're not, not something we're looking at that often. Um, but yeah, historically, a lot of people were reliant on, you know, investing in the FTSE um, for the dividends that produce. But I think that style of investing, you know, went out the window a long time ago because, you know, we need to make sure that clients are globally diversified these days and and that's again part of our role is is coaching clients in terms of how that portfolio should look and you know some aren't really that interested in you know you talk to them about it and see their eyes glaze over pretty quickly but yeah it's a concept that you know everybody gets you know put it as simple as you know not putting all your eggs in one basket you know so so yeah it's just you know making sure you're pitching it to a client at a level they understand but at the other day yeah we need to make sure that their money is is diversified and yet yeah, therefore those issues aren't a problem um, but there are other issues um, such as you know clients have probably become overexposed to the US because of the fact that it's performed so well for so long but again that's where we need to be you know when we're reviewing the portfolios you know rebalancing accordingly um, yeah so yeah say it's um, something you know the way we've worked you know in that respect has been the way we've worked for the last 10 years or so. Sure, and and I guess the sort of the methodology and a lot of the process doesn't change, even though the tools might change or the the market yeah. might change. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say, oh, sorry, yeah, having the uh, the risk profile um, tools now, they are a lot more sophisticated than you know perhaps they were when uh, we were scribbling down the answers on uh, not not the back of a fag packet, but uh, you know on a bit of paper. Uh, you know you had your old paper fact bind and paper risk profiles, and uh, you know some some advisors were still using those, and you know until very recently. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the pandemic uh, saw them shift to electronic um, even. So um, yeah, it is. I say the tools are, are very helpful because they are a lot more sophisticated these days. Fantastic. Um, Tim and Chris, I am going to ask each of you to give one key sort of uh, New Year wish or perhaps a, a piece of advice for the New Year for, for clients um, or for advisors. And maybe you can do two. <laughs> Look, I'm being generous now. Um, what, what, would you, what would you suggest to people, um, given everything that has just happened, given we could be at a big crossroads um, in 2022, um, Chris, what, what would you say would be your your golden nuggets of advice? I think I would, to the, the advisors, I would say be proud of your profession as a financial planner and focus on, on, on that and um, perhaps uh, leave the, uh, the clever investing to the actual fund, fund managers. And I think for the, for the, for the client side is just, you know, we are going into a period where things might be a little bit and more um, unpredictable than, than than they have been in the past, whether it's sort of your inflation or your income and outgoings, or whether it's your investment returns, or whether it's your job or whatever, is that the, the financial planning industry is there to look after you, and having someone to talk to with all the information at hand is just so good for people because it just removes all their stress and just makes them happy and re- re- reassured, and that's what the industry is there for. Tim, yes, I, I think that's a really good thing and that's a really great piece of advice, isn't it? To be proud and to keep focus. I think that's just as pertinent for advisors as it is for providers and for journalists, in fact, for everyone who works in the financial services industry. Um, Chris, uh, can I bring you in on this as well? What would your sort of final piece of advice be for 2022? Yeah, so for me, simple really for clients, you know, don't put off until tomorrow what you could do today because, 
you know, I think a lot of them have seen the fact that um, quite often, you know, the, the people I'm dealing with, the people who aren't necessarily splashing the cash um, that regularly, that's why they've got into the position they have got. So, you know, I think it's a case of, for some clients, you know, go out and spend the money and enjoy it, you know, while they can, because, yeah, we've all seen examples of where we haven't been able to do what we want to do, what we enjoy doing. And so, yeah, m- making the most of it, um, I think, is, is definitely key for me. Um, you know, a lot of us are looking forward to 2022 um, more positively than Perhaps we were, although, you know, 2021, I think we were, you know, in a better position and again, in a better position again, coming into 2022. So, yeah, it, it's a case of being able to feel that we are more normal, um, you know, in terms of our lifestyles and, um, yeah, just making the most of it. Well, on those very positive notes about keeping focused, looking ahead and not being afraid, I think that sadly is all we have time for. But what a way to end uh, this podcast and what a way to begin the new year. Just to thank my guests very much, Tim and Chris, for joining us and to thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care and have a very happy and prosperous new year. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.